Welcome to yet another episode of Shortcast Over Coffee. Today, my guest is Ankit Agarwal. Ankit is the co-founder of TopMate.io, a promising startup based in Bengaluru, along with his friend and colleague Dinesh Singh. TopMate empowers professionals to seamlessly manage requests for advice or guidance by letting others reach out for a personalized interaction while keeping complete control over every aspect of it. Check out the link in the description for more. In this episode, we will unveil Ankit's fascinating journey from small town in Rajasthan to IIT Bombay, working in Iraq during civil unrest, traveling 650 kilometers every single day for work in Saudi Arabia, leaving everything to prepare for UPSC and all the way to co-founding TopMate.io. His is a story of resilience, clarity of thought and hard work. And I can't wait to present this episode to you guys. So let's get into it. Hi, Ankit. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bala. Thank you. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Yeah. Um, I see that uh, you call yourself Growth Hacker and on your LinkedIn. And that seems like a level up from co-founder or CEO. Uh, let's start with that. Uh, why do you call yourself Growth Hacker and how is it different from a CEO? So CEO, uh, I think it's more like a uh, responsibility or a designation in the company. This is more towards the work that I'm doing in the company or I'm trying to do actually. Uh, so I take care of the business side of the business, uh, uh, sorry, the business side of the startup. And uh, in that, one of the most important key thing for us to keep growing, to keep getting more and more people to experience TopMate. So, uh, so this is more towards the work side of it. And actually what we did also was that we did an activity with our users. We asked them to... Uh, put TopMate within their experience uh, and whatever work that they're doing. So they can be some kind of a marketing consultant. They can be, say, a mental health coach. They can be a career guidance expert. So this is how uh, uh, we also came up uh, within the company also. We wanted to kind of embrace it. And at the same time, every one of us kind of uh, did the same thing. So not just about uh, what your designation is the co- it's in the company. It's more towards the work that you're doing uh, as a part of your, say, day-to-day jobs. Mm. So it's something that the co-founders decided among yourself that, hey, I'm going to take care of this. You're going to take care of that. So that, you know, it's exactly. like a cartel kind of division uh, so that uh, people are not poking their nose uh, against each other. It's not just about that. It's also about that uh, uh, things have to work in very synergetic uh, manner, right? So so someone who has an expertise in one domain, they should completely focus on building that uh, 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 simplifying it, expertizing it uh, in terms of product building, in terms of getting knowledge, the team has to be set up in that direction. Then the other side is uh, there's a different business side to it that you need to create those engines. You need to create a way through which people can experience something that the tech team or the product team has developed. Right. So so it always works like that, that you have very focus uh, in terms of your targets, in terms of the work that you're doing, in terms of things that you're doing. And then there has to be some synergy between both these uh, things. So that's where some of the people like product manager come into picture because they are able to see the complete picture right from the beginning till the very end. So I think uh, product manager becomes the key. But uh, in terms of co-founder, it helps. Uh, uh, and and that, that's always uh, very, very good when, when you're uh, looking for a co-founder also, right? You want someone who has a complementary skill rather than a supplementary skill. Because otherwise, uh, you both will be doing same same thing. Uh, and there would always be some kind of a difference, some kind of uh, the, the work will be slowed down. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like marriage, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
Excellent. Um, Ankit, I, I see that you went to IIT Bombay and uh, you are from Bikaner and you lived uh, for a bit in Jaipur as well. Uh, so Jaipur, I mean, I wouldn't call it a small city. Is it's not a it's not yeah. a small town or a small city anymore. Uh, there is significant, uh, vibrant young population as well. Uh, probably not the most known city for uh, techies, right? Um, yes. Uh, so how was growing up like? Uh, tell me about family, parents, and all of that. I mean, a, a very typical uh, Indian middle class family. Uh, uh, so my father is a government servant. Uh, he works as a civil engineer. He has worked in different departments. My mother is a housewife. Uh, so typical Indian family. Uh, and uh, so when we shifted to Jaipur, it was uh, still a very small city because we shifted in 2003. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. been like 20 years now. Uh, so at that point of time, it was a very, very small city. Obviously, much better than uh, Bikaner, much better than a lot of different cities in India also at that time. Yeah, but uh, uh, it was a humble background. Uh, uh, my family is also there. My maternal family is also there uh, in Jaipur itself. So uh, uh, chilling out with family, cousins. Uh, uh, so that is what it is. And then in terms of schooling, in terms of friends, you have your neighborhood friends uh, with whom you kind of play cricket all the day. Uh, so that has been the culture you use to play cricket, the, the focus on the games. Uh, uh, and uh, there was no... Uh, so essentially there was no... Uh, how to say... Uh, ambition that was there uh, uh, in terms of people also. Usually, uh, it was difficult to find that kind of an ambition because everyone was kind of from the same background. For them to come to uh, Jaipur itself is, was an achievement. Like our parents used to shift, like so that was the thing. So uh, even in the students, in the kids, uh, in the friends, it was nothing like that. Uh, so in my school, one or two friends were there. And who used to kind of uh, talk about these things? Uh, they were toppers in the class, uh, so somehow I was friends with them. And so one or two of friends of them, uh, uh, through them, I came to know about some of the things. Uh, mm. so were now, you uh, were you a topper in school? Like, did you absolutely no, ace no. through school? Yeah, no, because no, you know never, the never. the reason why I'm asking is uh, you know from speaking from my own experience, right? Some people absolutely nail school, right? They are uh, very good at studies, but somehow after college you just don't hear about them you know in school they have a great potential teacher teachers rave about them they are like oh you are the next big thing you you're gonna do this you're gonna do that but and and sometimes uh some of the students surprise you uh some of them who are like 10th 11th i mean they're not too bad but at the same time they're not the top yes. three either and they somehow get uh, a spark later in in life and they go on to achieve uh great things uh so so what what was your uh, typical rank in class? So I was always uh, in the same bracket. Uh, mm. So somewhere between 6th to uh, 12th. So that was always the case. Uh, I have no uh, prize at all uh, in my home uh, from the academic side. Zero. Proficiency so, prize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, nothing nothing like that. Uh, uh, but I think what, what also happens is that probably the Indian schooling system at that point of time was like that. Uh, probably it has changed now uh, mm. for the better, actually. But at that point of time, it was more about that you can just uh, uh, remember everything and just put it out on the paper and, and mm. most most like that. So I was like very good in maths uh, because for me, maths was something that I was used to pick up very quickly. Uh, so my father is also, his maths is also like very great. Even today, he can solve trigonometric questions and, and everything. So... 
so that way uh, my maths was very good always science is something that i used to like a lot uh, in terms of asking things in terms of curiosity but uh, it was very difficult for me to remember everything like the formula the the uh, derivation sometimes i used to skip the steps and for that reason i used to get the marks deducted but in any in any other subject i was very weak so <laughs> beat english beat any uh, other social studies or something like that right so so that way i was an average student uh, it's just that i was uh, somehow bit curious because my father is a very uh, he he's also very intelligent uh, actually very analytical so, rational kind of man very, yeah not like that also he's very fun he's very chilled out that way not like that he's very intelligent uh, in terms of studies because mm-hmm. and and because of his family's uh, financial issue like my grandfather's financial issues he was not able to get into say bits and he has to join a government college so so that way he is very good so uh, i probably picked uh, this thing from him so he used to teach me maths and he taught me how to study maths because maths is a very different thing to study you need to understand you need to grasp these things right so 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 that was the case uh, so in terms of schooling uh, no academic prize ob- obviously <laughs> and uh, it just happened actually uh, uh, i got into iit and i feel myself very very fortunate uh, and i think uh, uh, fortune de- definitely works on that day in some cases so i was fortunate enough that i could got get into that college and that college changed everything for me uh, specifically hmm. it might be something else for someone who probably were not were not able to kind of get into that college but still they made it something uh, uh, but i think it's more about how you keep uh, uh, looking out for new things i think that's the way it is yeah and even your iit story is very interesting uh, you you get a pretty decent rank but uh, you were you undecided at the time as to what branch you uh, want to select because you were completely eyeing on iit bombay you really wanted to move to bombay yeah. that was your thing and you chose civil engineering at iit bombay i mean which I, i think if if you apply common sense you would probably be getting like a electrical or a or an electronics or something in iit roorkee so what was the thought process behind joining iit bombay uh, did someone talk to you about it or was it the city that inspired you i think it's a mix of both uh, uh, so one thing uh, my family and my my like uh, cousins we went to a trip to goa and bombay and that time that was the first time we saw bombay and bombay is like obviously as a city it mesmerizes you when you first go there always right so uh, coming from jaipur which was very small city at that point of time there was no malls or anything and then you come to bombay so that was obviously mesmerizing in terms of expectation but what also happened was during my uh, 11th and 12th uh, uh, i i was also preparing for itj uh, but i was not able to get into it uh, i was not able to clear the exam at that in that year but my friends from those coaching center uh, so a lot of them actually went to uh, iit bombay and they always used to tell me that you have to come to iit bombay forget about everything ki sabse acha yahi hai so so that's how uh, that feeling also came uh, then uh, when i got the rank i and at uh, in those years uh, computer science was not that that great uh, uh, in in 2008 when we were choosing the branch it was not something that okay uh, people will feel about that okay i have to get into computer science no matter what the college is so uh, data science was not this big ai was not a thing no no nothing yeah. nothing nothing there was no no existence of this there was just fixed branches 
uh, obviously computer science is good but then uh, you also used to weigh uh, college because college gives you placements and everything and opportunities so that was the case so uh, then um, mostly it was because of the friends uh, the stories that i used to hear from them uh, my very very good friend uh, uh, he he was with me so he was one of the guy who i used to look up to in terms of say uh, in school so he also went into it and um, so that kind of uh, inspired me you can say <laughs> it's more about uh, fomo kind of a thing in my opinion but yeah right uh, so you select civil engineering and let's say going through civil engineering for the first year looking at the courses were you ever intimidated or did you always have this wiring in your head that hey you know we have we have cracked the toughest exam in the world uh nothing is impossible we'll just get through this and we'll see what what comes to us after was that your attitude or uh, how how was your mind placed so i think uh, uh, when you get into iit most of the people have this attitude and uh, the first year is not some first year is common for everyone yeah. uh, so so there was a course in maths which was like extremely extremely tough and most of the people had this kind of a say uh, idea that okay we'll be able to crack it because we we have cracked je exam and now uh, what is this but most of the people in that exam gets very 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 low grades even uh, myself my all my friends we got like very very bad grade uh, eventually so that kind of uh, uh, immediately shatters that in most of the cases with people that uh, uh, so they they realize very quickly that okay uh, it's not something that is going to be an easy thing uh there are people who are like uh, really really uh, smart really intelligent and and people are also uh, putting in efforts and we were like chilling ki theek hai ho jayega something like that so that is something that happens in terms of civil engineering it it is an interesting uh, very very interesting uh, domain obviously uh, because you get to see how things are built uh you get to experience a lot of these things that are happening in reality that's how bridges are created that's how roads are created you get to know a lot of things so i think engineering in every aspect in every domain is like that uh, it kind of opens up your mind in certain directions so i think that was the case uh, uh, it was an interesting very very interesting uh, uh, branch in my opinion but in terms of job opportunities it's very less in india Uh, and that's how uh, that is the reason why people don't prefer uh, or people didn't used to prefer most of the people used to prefer civil engineering because they were able to kind of given government exam and are applicable for giving a government exam indian engineering services predom uh, 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 majorly so so that was one of the thought process in terms of government also uh, uh, government used to uh, say uh, release openings or vacancies uh, for these core branches electrical mechanical civil because that's how they used to work uh, initially so most of the people used to prefer for that uh, mm. so my father was a civil engineer uh, he told me ki uh, so he was okay for me to uh, take civil because uh, uh, my priority was to get into iit bombay and uh, he was okay with me getting civil engineering because he knows what he can achieve in civil engineering what we can do there are a lot of opportunities in terms of government services and everything so uh, he also agreed uh, i hope i get to get into uh, iit bombay but yeah it was a very very interesting uh, domain lovely um, and iit bombay as you know people would know has some amazing fests uh, mood indigo and what not uh, so how much did the four years in iit shape you as a person uh, i'm pretty sure you were in all the you know intel host intra hostel or inter, inter hostel um 
uh, wars uh, in a good way um and uh, and not and not just that you know conducting fests uh, would 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 have definitely uh, made a huge impact uh, on you as a person so so tell me about the extracurricular experiences in iit bombay and how that shaped you i think that's the uh, major thing through which you go through uh, in college i think that's the beauty of college uh, because <clears throat> you are not just studying you are now started doing certain things which are more say people centric or in front of people so i think extracurricular activities in iit bombay is like like really really amazing that way the culture uh, or the way things uh, or the way people do things people create things is it's like really amazing Uh, so there are a lot of things that happen uh, so mood indigo is just one one of the say uh, aspects which is more like an institute level than uh, or at a national level in in some sense so it's more like it's like the biggest uh, uh, cultural festival so we we did took part in for the first and second year uh, uh, in that in terms of organizing in terms of obviously you very, get very less opportunities or or responsibilities when you are first year then in second yeah. year probably have few more responsibilities but that experience was very good because you get to work with people you get to manage vendors you need to get a work done uh, you plan something then you get something done uh, and that kind of impacts the overall scenario uh, you get some kind of a work so you feel achieved uh, as a student at that point of time in that young age obviously you feel very uh, uh, achieved whenever you do something good so that kind of instills that feeling that okay so that that i think that what happens majorly is that you get a you feel that okay i can get this feeling of sense of achievement if i do something good right so so that is the experience of it then we used to have a, uh, a inter kind of a hostel uh, competition called paf performing arts festival i don't know if you have seen it and i think uh, everyone should go and just check it out check it out on uh, youtube any path uh, from any hostel you can search uh, best path and everything and you will find some amazing amazing thing that happens there so what happens uh, in that is it's like a play it's like a skit that you do live there are voice over people who are actually so people are acting but in 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 place of them actually the voice over is coming from someone else and then you create a complete set and the sets are like crazy things that people create uh, we created uh, a a mumbai uh, local uh, that was like functioning we created a lift just by and not electronics mostly about very small things we created a rubik's cube that people were able to solve uh, uh, and it was like a 9 feet by 9 feet uh, rubik's cube so something like that so i think these things kind of uh, uh, create very very good i think environment uh, and and you get something to actually apply in real world uh, i think that's the thing that happens in through this you need to work with so many people so many teams so many people contribute in creating that prod basically the the setup that we used to call it and uh, i think that completely changed everything then uh, so these are some of the things that i took part as a team effort as, as someone who was a part of uh, the larger team to doing some small bits but at the same time interacting with everyone uh, i was also hosting or holding some positions of responsibility so i took that decision that okay i will keep doing something in college or in hostel so in hostel i became mess sec and that was a very good experience so uh, uh, in terms of you you get to decide that okay what food will be uh, cooked on which day you can decide the menu uh, all of those things i was the uh, department secretary also uh, so in that you need to organize the treks for the department some of the events that are happening so uh, very very good experience that way i think in uh, that happens in hostel life maybe uh, 
in college might not be because then it it, it in hostel life i think uh, combined with college you get so many things to do together so it's amazing yeah yeah it probably uh, teaches you a lot of things that uh, you unknowingly imbibe in yourself right like thinking on your feet uh, you have a deadline tomorrow how do we you know figure out this set for this drama and and like you said jugard yesterday right i mean yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about it yeah, yeah. um uh some people hate the word jugard uh some people love it some people think it is the way things work and getting things done in some way or the other is the way to go uh but but definitely in colleges uh, jugard definitely teaches you a, lo- a, th- a thing or two uh, especially thinking on thinking on your feet uh, scripting Uh, working with people leadership uh, and and people sometimes discount all these things that make you a different person right i mean uh, some people just come to corporate and then want to go up the ladder uh, whereas they probably had a lot more opportunities in college where they could have taken up leadership positions like you said uh, mess secretary or or something small but then it teaches yes, you so yes. much um, and and i'm glad it it did it did in your case um, Now, Ankit. So you complete civil engineering and you move to Schlumberger. Uh, now, yes. Schlumberger uh, is is a very interesting company. You know, uh, back in the early two thousand tens, it was known as the company that would offer the highest package for core branches. You know, yes. be it mechanical, civil, Absolutely. I think chemical as well. Uh, these three branches yes. were, and and nobody had heard of Schlumberger. Uh, uh, at that time at least not from i mean obviously it's not a b2b company i mean it's not a b2c yes. company right it's more of a b2b company yes. uh, people had heard of shell chevron and all of that because yeah you, you might have seen it in movies and what not uh, but slumberger was this fascinating company uh, and and was that one of the <laughs> one of the reasons behind uh, yeah choosing? obviously obviously i mean uh, th- this company used to come in our campus and uh, people used to talk about that okay this person was able to crack schlumberger and uh, so so what also probably happened in my case is that uh, uh, people used to talk about that mostly schlumberger take people who are uh, uh, somewhat dynamic in their thought process uh, or they are perceived to be dynamic in some sense and the dynamism that you can expect in college or doing something is to take like multiple things do multiple things so probably that was one of the uh, subconscious thing that happened with me uh, so initially when i get got to know about this uh, uh, i i saw that slumberger can be a good company for me because the kind of person i am I, like uh, uh, even today i think about mckinsey bcs i probably am not the right fit for them uh, uh, because for me uh, uh, being that prepared in terms of the or, or that polishedness in terms of the communication or all of those things is probably not something that i was able to master any time uh so so slumberger was the best company that probably in my opinion that i could have uh, cracked and that was the thought process i can i can smell some humility there uh, but but okay let's move on to slumberger so your first posting was in iraq was it was that your first posting yes uh yes. so so when you were uh, when you got the offer did you know what you were signing up for already so um, no no so the way it works is that from the campus you get the offers you know that you are placed now uh, uh, so that happens in us end of 7th semester itself now 8th semester is something in between they call you for some kind of a say field exposure program they they called us for two days they took us to the rakes and everywhere uh, so that was there and then uh, uh, after the posting after everything they give you the uh, sorry they they actually give you the uh, joining date and the location 
so that is something that comes at a later stage even after the convocation and and sometimes even after uh, that that they are uh, yet to give you the joining date so at that point of time you come to know that okay i've got this kind of a location or this branch uh, or or this domain in the company where so in iraq was i it? got basra basra that's the port yeah. so port got, right yeah no it's not a port it's a inside a desert area only uh, okay it's a uh, but but uh, i mean it was the best experience uh, now that we are back in india i am back in india so it was the best experience in terms of uh, something that you can imagine obviously you would never think of going to iraq never right so uh, uh, i got to go there i got to see the people the country how is it it was a great experience amazing uh, walk me through the first trip to iraq so uh, first trips are uh, so it was very difficult uh, obviously the first trip was something that uh, i had no clue actually so someone from the uh, hr like connected me to some people in iraq and they just said that okay this would be a joining date and all of that and then we used to have a uh, orientation program uh, for one week in abu dhabi for everyone so uh, i went there and we were doing uh, this sessions and everything and then on uh, so this is like five day session uh, and then six day everyone flies to their own locations whatever location is assigned to them uh, so during four days someone came to me and said that you are going to iraq uh, do you have a permission to go there and all of that uh, because so in iraq the process was that you have to get the permit from your manager and then uh, so basically because of the security reason every time you are out of the base you are in a military convoy Uh, actually so you get the bulletproof jackets and everything so that process was there so i didn't even know about it because i was not in the system and my manager also didn't tell me about this so that person helped me to put a re- request and everything and then uh, so that was the first thing because i would have landed in iraq and then no one would would have been there to pick me up and then i had nothing to kind of contact to anyone right so it could have happened like that then you get the first uh, uh, visa process it's a long visa process but that that fear is always there when you land in iraq because it's like very desert right and very uh, the airport still has these uh, uh, damages from the bombings and everything right so the mirror is broken uh, people you will see people all in like military uh, con- kind of a concept everyone most of the people are like very well uh, <laughs> dressed like that that they are wearing cargoes and everything so then you get out and, and that's the first time when you actually get to experience what what Uh, it is going to be in iraq so that time the military convoy comes there is a security personnel there are three vehicles that comes like alpha beta charlie uh, uh, every vehicle is fully armored uh, uh, bulletproof and everything and then in front you have two military people then on behind two people will sit and they will give you bulletproof jackets they will brief you that okay if something happens during the road uh, how to safeguard yourself and all of those things these are very scary things because you just land there and someone is telling you that okay there might be an attack on your convoy also so be prepared for that so so from amazing. abu dhabi you went to uh, baghdad or basra directly basra basra hmm. there was an airport in basra so i went to basra hmm but uh, did you see did you have any first hand experience seeing the war or any any crazy stories that you remember so so war is not war was not there at that point of time it was more of the unrest the civil unrest was there so basra is still a small city and most of and all the companies they have bases in like very deserty area very far from the city most of them so we went through some cities sometimes uh, whenever we used to go to our location for the uh, rakes and everyone uh, everything so we used to travel there sometimes during the city uh, from the cities 
but in terms of uh, the say the violence we haven't seen directly there were some cases that happened with us uh, so there was an attack on our base uh, due to some political reason uh, uh, and luckily I, we were not there so me and one of my friend from india uh, nikunj also we were the two people who actually got uh, uh, iraq during that year from shlumberger so shlumberger hired in total about i think 200 200 uh, 30 people and only two of us got iraq uh, basra so we became friends way before uh, we actually went there so uh, so we were not there but we got a, uh, there was an attack on our base and in baghdad uh, every day bombings used to keep happening the suicide bombings because civil unrest was still there because there is a power gap now and there was a lot of civil unrest so people used to uh, uh, do a lot of suicide bombing so in baghdad when we were there we used to get the security report uh, uh, from on the rig when we were on the rig and they used to tell us that uh, almost on an average there are 300 to 330 people who are dying on a monthly basis uh, because of these bombings uh, but this is normal so whenever this is the number then it's more like a nat- neutral thing that is going on because there was a lot of unrest uh, in baghdad at that point of time did you get to visit baghdad uh, or no 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 uh, i <laughs> didn't get to visit baghdad yeah oof, that's crazy i mean i mean it was back in the day you keep on listening to the news that uh, you know lots of oil pipelines were also attacked i think uh, yes yes yeah so in in our later time uh, when when we were just about to leave iraq actually and fortunately i got transferred just before that isis came and that also uh, happened a lot uh, so especially uh, then a lot of people moved out because isis also came and isis uh, uh, didn't reach to basra completely but they were on the path so a lot of so when i used to hear about this when uh, i got transferred to saudi that point of time i came to know about this also that mm. isis came that was the real threat because the northern side of it when we uh, there was another base that was there erbil uh, from shlumberger that got completely attacked so that was completely vacated wow that's crazy uh, and and yeah. from iraq you moved to saudi how was that experience it would have been um, like a quite a fortress right i mean this is what i've heard of saudi arabia i've met quite a few people yes. who were who were raised there and uh, what what they say is i mean a lot of them were expats you know so f- from pakistan from india so expats live a very different life uh, they have uh, you know tailor made colonies american schools and and they don't quite interact with local people uh, yes. and then there is the other side which which not a lot of people know about uh, how was your uh, saudi saudi experience so uh, exactly like that uh, so every company gives you uh, compounds or basically uh, flats in these uh, colonies and this is like the typical uh, american colony that you will see the roads are there every house is similar you have a parking outside garden and then exactly american the suburbia america yeah yeah so all these expats used to live there so that was the case in terms of uh, restrictions uh, there was a lot of restrictions in saudi obviously right so uh, in some restaurants you have sections where batch only bachelors can go uh, they are not allowed to go into the sections where families can go uh, uh, so lot of restrictions was there in saudi uh, you feel a slightly claustrophobic uh, uh, whenever you are going outside uh because uh, there's always fear because the rules are very strict so say suppose if some girl kind of claims that okay he was staring at me now it is your responsibility to prove that you were not staring at her now uh, if there is no cctv camera you cannot uh, prove it because it's just word against word uh, at that point of time 
theoretically. So uh, in that case, uh, her word would be taken. That was the case when I was there. So now Saudi has started opening up a lot. So they don't have a choice, kind theaters. of. Yeah, yeah. So there was no movie theaters when we were there. Uh, uh, we used to just live in one single compound, uh, just come back to office from there. But and also the drive was like very very long uh, uh, because the compounds are very uh, far away from the locations where we used to work so every day uh, we were traveling 600 650 kilometers uh, round trip just to go to office wait so what like that yeah, yeah. 650 kilometers every single day every single day uh, that was the case so that was also not something which was like uh, uh, feasible for us to do so keep going every day uh, because we used to leave compound at 4 o'clock in the evening uh, sorry in the morning then it, it took us about say uh, uh, about 2 and a half 3 hours to reach the office 7 o'clock we used to reach there was a stand up then uh, by evening 4 or 5 if we leave uh, we'll reach by about 7 8 then we had dinner and then just sleep nothing else because you have to wake up and and leave by 4 o'clock in the morning next day so it was like a very very so i used to prefer to stay on the rig itself so that i don't have to travel this a lot i was like the i don't want to stay in this compound let me just stay there but to visit even the office that was the case so the people who used to visit office who has families there so i thought that this is not the life that i want to live uh, no matter the money and everything but this is like uh, i'm doing nothing i'm just becoming a robot and just doing something similar so. yeah and and how is how is the rig like i mean rig would have comfortable accommodation but like you know the temperatures are are, are quite insane right in saudi yeah so iraq temperature wise is like crazy in summers i have worked in 58 uh, uh, so 58 is the maximum that i've worked in and on rig you cannot you have to wear the coveralls just like very heavy clothing uh, single coveralls and we used to sweat and we it was very very hot and it was very windy also very hot winds so you don't even sweat so a lot of people won't even realize that they are dehydrated now because you won't sweat as soon as uh, uh, the sweat comes it just dries up so it was crazy in terms of temperature and everything uh, but but i think uh, very difficult uh, uh, terrain very difficult terrain but rigs accommodations was also not like very very great they used to be that ship containers that are converted into hmm. uh, rooms small rooms but similar thing used to happen in base also so the iraq base that we used to live in that was also created like that so all the accommodation was from these shipping containers and inside you will have a washroom you will have a bed you will have a small tv but a very small setup very very small setup so it's more like a uh, not a comfortable uh, uh, accommodation or something like that hmm. uh, essentially so But while you food and everything was good oh yeah yeah food i have heard about that yeah yeah yes nice um so so as you were going through these uh, experiences uh, were you always in touch with dinesh did you always have this idea that i have to come back to india do something on my own or oh, did 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 this whole you know entrepreneurship no. yeah no no it was Uh, so dinesh uh, obviously he we used to be in touch we used to keep meeting so i used to quite frequently come back to india so in iraq we had a policy of 6 is to 3 rotation basically so you work for 6 weeks continuously and you get 3 weeks of holidays and you can go anywhere uh, they will 
they'll give you the ticket and everything so so that way i used to say work for 8 weeks and then i get a 4 weeks holiday so i used to come back to india so i used to uh, most of the time go to these uh, to go to dinesh's house only in bombay and every one of us because most of the people uh, when they passed out they were in bombay so we used to come party at one place uh, i i used to bring a lot of chocolates a lot of uh, uh, good good quality alcohol from these uh, uh, airports and we used to have a lot of fun so but the entrepreneurship was never there it was just about we were just friends uh, and that's how uh, it was there that relationship was there even uh, i even didn't know anything about that okay i want to do something or i want to create something nothing like that it was more of a uh, just a chilled out uh, life that we were living and it was a good thing because we used to visit a lot of time to europe also because our training center was there so slum gave us a lot of opportunities that way uh, it, so there was no feeling uh, at at least at that point of time to come back to india or do something of my own yeah i mean the reason why i asked this question is uh, you know pretty much after your slumberjay uh, life you kind of became a serial entrepreneur uh, if yeah. if i can call it that so uh, you know i mean the way i thought about it was like the the seeds were were there at some point and then it just burst out uh, but uh, but walk me through the post slumberjay journey uh, you did a couple of startups uh, some of them yes. didn't go as well as you would have liked um and and what were your learnings from those yeah so uh, <clears throat> post lumberger uh, the reason to start a company was something uh, not related to when it was a feeling in lumberger so i wanted to come back to india that was very clear when i was in saudi uh, i probably uh, couldn't have taken it more and i didn't want that life so i thought that okay i will uh, quit and i will come back and at that point of time the option was to prepare for this upsc so uh, i actually came for that uh, and i started preparing for the upsc exam also okay that uh, that that requires a different level of resilience i have to tell you that <laughs> were you planning on like moving to delhi and doing upsc coaching full yeah, time yeah we 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 did that we did that actually we moved to delhi uh, three of our friends three of us friends and uh, they all left their jobs and we we started studying about uh, for the preparation but during that time uh, there was always a feeling that uh, uh, what is going to happen in this service we used to talk to a lot of people because we also wanted to know that and that probably didn't fit in our persona uh, in our mind that okay we probably won't be able to uh, survive in that environment or we won't be able to do something that we want to do and all of us also came from leaving these good jobs so uh, salary was also something in mind that okay how much we'll be able to earn uh, uh, so all of those thoughts was always there uh, so we actually didn't even give the exam we went to meet an economics uh, teacher who used to teach us economics and we actually explained him uh, that okay we are thinking this uh, that's that's the dilemma that we have in our mind and he also said that probably you are not the right people uh, because the studies was very good uh, to be very honest uh, i really enjoyed studying uh, for that because i studied a lot at that point of time like crazy crazy uh, studying and you what were the everything. subjects that you were going for if for ias like your strong suits so uh, we took the optional as uh, civil engineering only mm. uh, we thought that because we obviously know but then uh, on the other side you have to study everything uh, so geography civics philosophy uh, psychology history uh, uh, economics you have to study everything so uh, the course is also like that anything under the sun people say that it's anything under the sun they can ask you everything they can ask any gk question so everything was there 
it's a it's a tough thing obviously i probably wouldn't have been able to even crack it now that i think about it but uh, but uh, it's more about the thought process before it that okay uh, uh, we thought that okay let's do something else and that's how the idea for uh, startup came and it was still something then, else but not not so much of clarity yeah it was not something it was something else but then uh, it the something else was somehow uh, startup only that we always uh, kind of uh, but love to but it was undecided was it a service oriented startup versus manufacturing oh that way, yeah yeah it it was just about doing something that's it uh, no idea nothing and then uh, uh, when we stopped kind of uh, going to coaching uh, stopped the preparation that's how we started exploring about different ideas and then we came up with the idea of pregram which was more uh, in the format of that you can sell or, or you can buy second hand products with warranty servicing and everything so that was our value prop and we wanted to create a marketplace because we saw that there are a lot of dealers who sell these products uh, they have small shops in electronics market different markets so we thought that maybe we can create a marketplace and they are already selling it so why don't list them on a website show their rating show their experience and give them with warranty servicing and everything so that was the idea uh, So, so you were not actually. so you were not eliminating them but at the same time providing them with a platform to to do their yes. business more Sell. efficiently yeah yes yes so we were not eliminating them uh, but we were very immature i think uh, because the thought process uh, probably was to uh, just come out of that ias and there was a lot of wave that were coming for startups also at that point of time a lot of people were creating startups from our batches it was about 2015 16 uh, so you see all of these people housing was becoming something grofers a lot of these companies so that was also something in mind uh, so that led to led us to kind of uh, uh, move towards startup as an option so we we started this it was a good business uh, in my opinion uh, but it the scale was not there because uh, we realized that this is not the right way to solve the second hand market problem uh you need more like a classifier and you need to have more and more people to be able to sell their products which was not something that we were able to manage because our value prop was very different so we uh, uh, we shut it off um, and then uh, uh, but that failure shut it failure, off meaning like no liability no no just yeah, yeah. it was just uh, friends and families as assets that went into building it and yeah yeah just... it was just our own money uh, we were doing it bootstrap uh, but it was a good profitable business also so it's not something that we were bleeding a lot of lot of money uh, because uh, but the scale was not there and we were not able to kind of raise funds for this idea because not a lot of people were seeing it as a more like a vc idea that it will kind of bloat out or or become a 100x company in 2 years like that mm-hmm. so uh, so then we kind of shut it off uh, uh, and then uh, all of us we were five there uh, as a co-founders then we started so everyone went to uh, start looking out for their different jobs or something like that but that kind of failure probably remained in me that okay i wanted to create something that was the first instance which kind of motivated me to very very specifically that i need to learn something to crack this uh, because i realized that there was a lot of uh, uh, weak points that we had uh, which we were not able to solve uh, probably it's not more about the idea probably it's more about the execution that we were able to do and all of us like came uh, very young and not that kind of uh, specific uh, mindset probably or or the expertise in certain domains so that was the idea that i chose to uh, go with a consulting firm to learn these things uh, i had a very 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 uh, probably the best experience in terms of learning in that company 
my co-founders uh, they taught me really amazing things uh, i learned a lot from them in the way they used to work in the way they set up the company everything so uh, and then when uh, so during that time i was in bombay uh, in the later half of my uh, stint with thousandrick uh, and dinesh was in pune so we used to meet up a lot uh, so pune and delhi we used to probably every week, every month either he used to come to bombay or we used to go to pune Uh, and we used to catch up we used to party at his flat and everything so during that time we got this kind of an idea that okay we wanted to build something we want to let's create something uh, a lot of people are doing it uh, let's create something amazing let's build a product and that's how uh, we came up with the idea that okay uh, let's do something together and then in august uh, 2020 we both quit our jobs and started working and during that time also we were exploring different ideas so we started exploring these ideas uh, probably about uh, before even covid actually uh, so we did that uh, uh, and then uh, we we fixated on an idea that okay let's create something a betty app which is more like a uh, a place where people can challenge each other we used to like challenges a lot we used to take bets a lot uh, uh, in our college days also that who will eat more pani puris in mess for instance or we will play cricket uh, uh, with a wet ball but only cover drives are allowed nothing else or in tt you just have to chop there is no smash something like that so all of these challenges that we used to do so we thought you know that, i want uh, to i want a- to pause you here uh, and i want to just take a step back and talk about your thousand trick uh, life um, one of the things that i always have is that you know uh, someone who is a civil engineer uh, you know did slumberjay had a, had a good experience then move back to india upsc uh, tried us tried his hand in a startup failed so so your experience is all over the place at this time right uh, so civil engineer and all of that and for a failed startup co-founder and i don't mean it in a negative way you know because failures sometimes teach you way more than successes uh, yeah. how difficult was it to find this thousand trick job uh, and what what is usually the attitude of recruiters when when they see your resume and were they like hey what have what have you been doing no it's not like that actually uh, so see in india like i initially also mentioned that i'm fortunate that i got into iit bombay so that kind of uh, uh, mask a lot of negative things that we do in our life right mm-hmm. so that is a fortunate thing that uh, we have that's a biggest safety net to be very honest with you so that iit bombay uh, thing kind of uh, uh, make these things that you are saying that okay you are all over the place they the iit bombay tag kind of makes them think that okay this might be something that he was trying to do genuinely right so that's an excellent point yeah is, yeah so that that is one of the major reasons so it's was not very very difficult for me to be honest uh, and uh, even today I, i still keep saying to everyone whenever someone reaches out to me and they have a fear that okay they want to start a company so if they are from iits i always say them uh, this thing that if if not you then who in this country if you cannot take a plunge if you cannot take a leap of faith then who do you think will in this country will be able to do that if you don't inspire them right so you need to give them that confidence because you are the people who will definitely get something uh, uh, anything matlab uh, i i probably could have got any something at least uh, uh, in any way like a business development lead or anything like that right so so it's not a problem uh, i think that was the major thing so if you have a brand if you have a, a strong alumni network that itself is a safety net and that shouldn't stop you from starting absolutely. anything right okay absolutely absolutely it's a very good 
it's a very fortunate thing obviously uh, so peop- it's not about just about we are proud of it obviously and, and it's a fortunate thing that okay probably on the exam day uh, because i know a lot of people uh, who are much intelligent than me uh, but they were not able to get into uh, or they were not able to clear the exam that day somehow something's work somehow this happens so i think it's more about the network and and the tag obviously yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so again, coming back to uh, Betty app. So, so you were uh, really interested in uh, you know small small bets with your friends. Uh, you were talking about uh, certain rules in cricket. Who can eat more pani puri? And 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 you know how did you think about a product based off of this? So we were not able to do do that actually. <laughs> so that's the reason it didn't work out. <laughs> so to be very honest, that was the reality that we were not able to create the product that we envisioned uh, in my in our mind. What did you envision? I'm, I'm very curious to know. It was more of a playful thing that okay, uh, someone will say, for instance, that okay, uh, I will uh, shave my head in a mall, and do you want to see this? and they will pay some amount to to actually see it on live and he will say that if i am able to collect 5000 rupees i will definitely go and do it uh and uh, that i will uh, go to a mall in a boxer something like that uh, and then in between also people can kind of challenge each other that okay if you do this uh, i will give you this much or something like that bets or something okay it's something like a kickstarter but in a playful way yeah yes interesting yeah i mean uh, i'm glad you didn't go that route by the way because uh, you know the new gst rules you know 28% yeah. for betting and and all of that so i think uh, i think you saved some money there um, <laughs> okay so you you try to go about uh, betty app doesn't quite succeed uh, and and dinesh and you are still in touch uh, so you guys are discussing what next so uh, uh in this also something uh, in a blessing in disguise you can say something happened that second wave of covid came and uh, when we were shutting off so we ran batty for about 4 5 months only uh, not much actually uh, and we were shutting it off and uh, in february somewhere around that we actually shut it off and then uh, the second wave of covid came and during that time everybody was kind of uh, uh, were facing some kind of a tragedy some kind of a difficulty within their family it was always there i got covid uh, in dinesh's family also his family was uh, 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 facing some difficulty in some sense right so it was always there so we kind of lost the touch of the work we didn't lost the touch between us we lost the touch of the work and that kind of gave us that uh, how to say breathing space of just forgetting everything and then starting a new uh so that fortunately happened with us that we just completely forget about the work uh, uh, in between that kind of gave us that space to come back and start looking out for something we were very clear that okay we wanted to do something together only we already had the company incorporated we were able to raise a small angel round also depending on just us uh, that okay you two will be able to do something uh, we we are betting on you so uh, more way, like uh, no questions asked money with no yeah, questions yeah no no question yeah yes yes something like that so uh, we decided the terms and everything but it was a very casual because they were our seniors or people who have we, who we have worked with before so they knew that okay uh, they will figure out something and we wanted to we were very clear that we we have to build something so betty app was just a failure then uh, uh, during that period of research again or during that period of uh, uh, reaching out to folks talking to people we came up with this idea of topman Hmm. 
interesting uh so you know what is what is so fascinating is uh, from from whatever you have said so far ever since you stopped working at slumberjay you have not been quite drawing a salary right is that is that right yeah close to so nahi thousand rupees was there na so three and a half years yeah thousand rupees correct yeah. but but yeah, other than yeah, that yeah, you, you were not and then i uh, i saw your linkedin post which was uh, around 6 months ago uh, and it reads quote I did not withdraw any salary in the first year of starting Topmate. I yeah. and my co-founder Dinesh Singh were relying on our savings. Uh, stop quote. And then you know it goes on. Uh, very, uh, I think very thought-provoking and very, uh, in a way, emotional uh, post. And uh, and I I will definitely link that post on the show notes for people to people to, uh, you know, check it out. Uh, you know this is quite a story of resilience uh, i mean uh, i i quite like the clarity of thought that we wanted to make build something and and you don't know what but uh, you just wanted to build something and you know a lot of times i i mean we are pro- probably of the similar age group and you know whenever i talk to people and everyone wants to go the entrepreneur route but a lot of them are like i don't really quite have the idea which is why i'm not starting something on my own but in the, in your case it's absolutely the opposite i want to start something new but i don't know what it is but i know i want to start something new i mean it's sort of okay. a reverse uh, kind of a philosophy that you have and uh, uh, and, I, and i also want to know how your family was uh, thinking about this because you know you mentioned to me middle class upbringing father a civil engineer you know uh, sarkari naukri was probably one of the biggest things in his life and he probably wanted the same with you as well uh, walk me through how supportive your family was so my family uh, on a whole is the uh, very 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 supportive uh, obviously uh, whenever i go with to them and discuss this okay that i want to stop uh, preparing for upsc and i want to start a company at that point of time obviously they will they will uh, uh, be against it because obviously uh, they will think that okay something wrong is happening and they will have that fear because see what i have realized that parents never want uh, uh, or parents are parents are always looking uh, good for you they always they're coming from a good, good place yeah yes exactly so it's not like because of their experience they think that okay don't do this because most of the times they have seen failure in that kind of a path and these things are very abrupt also so whenever something abrupt happens families are like obviously everyone even today if someone comes to us and say that okay i'm leaving college and uh, so we will say to that person uh, even if he's a younger cousin that is it everything okay or uh, but on a whole they were always supportive because my father uh, uh, always said that uh, when even when i went to slumberja uh, uh, so my salary initially was very high uh, right so that also kind of gave me that experience of that i am not that kind of a person who need probably that kind of a money on a monthly basis so i was not able to kind of spend it uh, so that kind of also created that uh, what you are talking about the resilience that okay i don't need to uh, take a lot of salary because the savings was there so through that i was able to kind of manage my life uh, easily on that note i want to read the remaining part of your linkedin post uh, which says starting a business solely for the sake of money or quitting a stable job without adequate preparation may lead to disappointment and hardship stop good uh yeah i think i think you're summing it up pretty well uh you had a very good start and i think that gave you the cushion to try something new exactly exactly so that was there so that kind of uh, created or 
prepared me that okay i probably don't need that kind of a money also so that was the first experience and then obviously uh, this tent of uh, you have to there was a very clear focus that we have to build something it was always like that and we also pride ourselves in saying that okay we are uh, we are more towards execution let's execute something let's learn from that very quickly so this is something that we did like we failed with betty app and we were able to kind of learn from it and start a company uh, and build topmate and even today we understand that if we would have started topmate before that would have failed and we would have created betty after that and that would have been succeeded so so it's more about the learnings and not actually the the timing of the idea or the positioning of the idea it's the learnings that happened which kind of uh, created this interesting uh, so so topmate uh, again you know it's a uh, it's an app where people can sell their expertise in a way where you know you can book yes. appointments and um, it's like, kind of like a time bank right you you are you are giving your expertise and and you are also working as like a side hustle uh, and people yes. other people are benefiting from it uh, kind of like a master class uh, it could be one on one it could be web- webinars and so on uh, and i see so many people have benefited from it uh, but before starting topmate do you did you analyze the product market fit because you know there are so many apps uh, that are around you know calendly is one that comes to my mind uh, but but i'm sure there are more uh, but what makes topmate absolutely unique yeah so uh, see first of all uh, when we were researching about the idea so we spoke to about 200 250 different professionals so be it people who are very young in their career who are very experienced who are like influencers kind of a personality who are very uh, subject matter expert kind of a personality that they have very less following but they are very deep in terms of their expertise in certain domain right so we spoke to most of the kind of people uh, during our research and during that we realized that the real problem is with the folks who wants to share the knowledge uh, right so what happens is that they keep getting these requests they keep reaching out the people keep reaching out to them that okay i need this kind of an assistance i need this kind of a guidance from you i am at this point in my career can you help me with this that or all of those things but for them to open it up for everyone is not possible and we realize that this is the major problem that happens when people are interacting or trying to reach out to each other it's not the problem that uh, uh, from the demand side that okay people are looking to speak with someone they know most of the times who they want to speak with they know most of the times who they res- relate to the most resonate with the most so that was the thought process first of all uh, in that sense now uh, looking at the competition or, or a uh, or a so called competition what we realize that see calendly is a uh, scheduling platform it is trying to solve the or it is solving the problem of scheduling only but in these cases so these are not scheduling cases scheduling cases comes between us like for instance uh, uh, you would have reached out to me i would have uh, interacted with you over a message or something like that and then uh, uh, we would have so once we agreed that okay we want to have a meeting at that point of time the calendly would come into picture because but here there is a lot of need, things that need to happen before there is a lot that needs to happen afterwards so the first the first part is the context setting so that context setting happens automatically with topmate that okay i can help you with product management interview i can help you with a mental health coach session uh, i can help you with a uh, marketing class but these are my charges if you are uh, okay enough uh, you can reach out to me and we can have a discussion so that context setting happens directly and uh, what also used to happen that in messages it was like close to uh, uh, impossible to ask for money uh, even if you interact with someone even if you talk to someone it is like 
extremely unprofessional from their perspective that they will ask for money and people don't value free advice people uh, even if they give the best advice people won't value it there's a lot of no shows that happen this is something that we realize that people book the calls but they don't come because for them anything other than that would be uh, more important at that point of time because that was a free booking so uh, so that was some of the idea that okay uh, uh, this is a need in this market and to solve this we have to build it like a tool and not like a marketplace not like a place where people can search for experts not like that we need to enable or empower these uh, people who are capable of offering their time sharing their knowledge sharing their experience with others hmm fantastic yeah i i definitely see a product market fit and i think there was a gap which which you are rightly trying to solve um but you know having gone through uh, topmate myself uh, some of the things uh, you know really struck me and i i wanted to clarify it with you um, you mentioned about uh, mental health and uh, things surrounding that right now mental health is a very touchy topic it has a lot of laws and regulations and so on and so forth uh, are you aware uh, are you ever worried that you know it may go into that you know level of uncertainty where someone takes a class and maybe the professional was not authorized and so on the reason why i'm asking is you know like for instance better help uh, which is a online therapy company um, has been getting a lot of flack and criticism recently uh, because of this uh, so topmate being such a global platform right uh, you know everyone from all around the world is giving a masterclass uh, so how does topmate sort of uh iron out those gaps uh, regarding laws and these little things so laws wise there is no issue uh, first of all because uh, what is happening in this case that you are reaching out to that person so let me give you an example uh, probably to kind of explain it better so shopify helps you to create your own websites right now you can create a website and you can sell scammy products you can create a scammy website sell products and don't uh, give the money to people so they won't reach out to shopify for this uh, so essentially we are doing exactly the same thing that we are creating shopify for these individuals that you have your storefront you have your services you have your phase in which you can offer your time you can decide your own pricing and everything now one thing that happens in certain cases obviously uh, what you're saying is that a lot of people try reach out to us that okay professional didn't join most of the time uh, so we have probably have gotten like uh, only uh, we can count those many requests where people have said that the quality of the session was not good it usually doesn't happen because they know who they are reaching out to they know that okay this is something that they can expect uh, uh, in terms of these no shows in terms of these uh, experience issues we have a product that kind of enables or, or uh, prevents that in some sense so uh, people reach out to us in support we help them in terms of getting the call rescheduled most of the time experts or, or these people who are using topmate they are very known professionals uh, uh, and uh, in addition to that we have some checks and balances in place in terms of the payouts in terms of checking the profile in terms of checking the authenticity of the profile before we allow them to make a uh, uh, or to start selling their services start selling their time right so all of those checks and balances are there in the product but essentially it is open for everyone we don't vet someone we just vet whether they are real or not that's it uh, so it's not something the vetting that happens like for example that you have to be uh, at least 6 years experience it's not like that hmm. because we understand that everyone has something to share to someone 
Yeah, so in a way, Stopmate is a software company. Topmate is more of yes, an enabler, exactly. which is which is helping the customer reach out to the expert, and it's not the expert exactly. itself. So uh, exactly. I think I think you clarified it pretty perfectly. Uh, now, now you start Topmate, and uh, this is something I ask all all of my guests. You know, whoever is in the entrepreneur or uh, who is a CEO or co-founder of a company, how hard was it to find your first customers? And how did you go about it? So uh, I think uh, uh, the best way to find your first customers uh, is uh, while you are doing the research. So that is the that is why you're doing research is very important. So I think that is where you find your first customers. Uh, and and your research was pretty much talking to people, right? Or or was there so any you have other? To talk to no. So talk to people. So and this has to be talked to people only. So you go. And you talk to uh, as many people as possible, at least 100, 150 people who you think would be the right kind of sort of people to use your product. You would have something in mind, right? So whenever you think about an idea, you have a, a person in mind who will use that product. It might be a student, it might be a kid, it might be an adult, it might be a, a elder pe- person, right? So you will always have that in mind. So go and talk to them as many as possible. you will find your first few customers from that research definitely if you don't find then there is no need obviously right so if you, if you talk to 100 people and everyone says no then probably there is no need for it but you will definitely find uh, two three customers five ten customers from that so this is something that happened with us also that all these 200 250 people that we spoke with uh, uh, we used to explain them about our thought process our idea and a lot of them liked it they started using it but obviously they were not charging in, in initially they were keeping it free uh, because they were very uh, afraid of started charging for their sessions people might come back and say something like that right so so they were not charging they were just using it to showcase their availability showcase their different services and everything but then gradually some of the people started charging so these 250 people were not just experts you had a good mix of experts and possible customers as well exactly exactly everyone so uh, whenever uh, i think whenever you are thinking about an idea in terms of research talk to everyone who you think would be a touch point to that idea everyone because you might find something new while talking to people instead of thinking by yourself so i think uh, that is what we did we spoke to a, each kind of a persona who might fit in our uh, scheme of things so even we we spoke with astrologers we spoke with lawyers we spoke with mental health experts uh, fitness trainers everyone because we think that okay they can use it we spoke to doctors we spoke to dentists uh, to understand whether they are doing this online practice or not whether we can build something for them all of those kind of touch points or or possible ideal personas that you have in mind you should talk to them and just curious how did you reach out to them was it cold mail or you know friends of friends and so on mostly cold mails uh, mostly we used to reach out to them on linkedin uh, uh, because these kind of people are not in anyone's circle also our circle is not someone who has these kind of influencers or people who are doing these things but from them so once you get hold of uh, at least 5 10 people then you can start getting introductions from them only uh, so then you can say that okay uh, uh, within your network who you do, who do you think would be the most uh, uh, suitable person to try it out Uh, in their scheme of things so they will give you two or three names you reach out to them by giving the reference of the first person so these are some of the things that you create but it's mostly manual hmm. this is fantastic i mean a lot of people don't uh, realize the power of cold email i mean cold email when yeah. structured right cold email with a purpose uh, with to the targeted to the right audience uh, might might work wonders um, excellent point um, 
uh, I, I was also having this discussion with uh, the CEO and founder of Wondercraft AI, uh, who went through uh, Y Combinator, and and I had asked them how do they hire their first employees. And one of the one of the interesting things that they said is uh, hire someone who is just as passionate about the product as you are. Um, and I think I found that very insightful. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned to me that uh, right now. Topmate.io is about 12, 12 employees strong. Uh, how did you convince them to to join your organization uh, and tell me some interesting hiring decisions and stories? I think uh, uh, you have to sell them uh, the idea. That's it. So first of all, you sell them the idea. I think that's the way it works. First, you sell them your idea that what you're doing, how big it can become, uh, uh, what you can achieve together. How do you think that person can uh, would be the best person or, or would shine when the company shines, right? So they would also want to know that if the company grows, whether I will be able to grow or not or something like that, right? So so that is already there. Uh, so then after that, uh, for me, the criteria is that they should be passionate about the problem. Obviously, they should be passionate. And, and yeah, he rightly exactly mentioned that your first hire should be as passionate, uh, if not more, uh, with your idea, with your uh, uh, concept of the product that you are building. Because otherwise, uh, you're not looking for employees at that point of time. You're looking for people to assist you build something new. Like a to team. To build something new. Much. Like a team. Yeah, yeah. So it's more like a, uh, a team actually. And it's more like a thought leader kind of a persona that you're looking for in terms of their future perspective. That okay, this is how they envision themselves as well. Uh, so that was the first uh, idea. That is the most ideal way. Uh, obviously, then you take some decisions depending on whether you are uh, looking for someone quickly. Uh, uh, depends on the, uh, say, uh, the need at that point of time. So uh, in our case, like, for example, uh, we probably did not have any kind of such incident, incidents because Dinesh has um, worked in tech uh, all throughout his career. So from the tech perspective, he had a lot of people uh, uh, who he were connected to and they were ready to join. And and that's the reason why we were able to build the tech team very uh, uh, fast, but at the same time, very passionate team uh, in both front end, back end, everything. Uh, in terms of our hiring, uh, when it, we were in Betty app, uh, uh, we realized that, and like I mentioned initially also, we were not able to create something that we envisioned. So we realized that in terms of product uh, functionality, maybe we will be we will be able to think of these things, uh, but design is something that is the poorest. So I used to create those mock-up designs on paper, looking at TikTok, looking at say 10 different uh, similar companies. And then we used to create it. Dinesh used to create the front end and we hired someone on freelance, but the design was not good. Uh, that was the biggest uh, uh, lacking point that we had. So when we started TopMate, we were very clear that we need to hire a designer. And that's where we hired our designer first. So he was the first employee uh, actually. So he came very early and because of him, most of the people talk about the product. So this is the only thing that majorly people talk about is the how light, how cool, how uh, the kind of UI UX that we have been able to create. So that is something that we get appreciated a lot and all thanks to him. So in terms of our case, uh, only the product manager was something that we needed to hire and it took us a lot of time. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, looking out for the right person, looking out for someone who can manage it because that's a very, very, very important uh, uh, role in our company. And that is the most prime role uh, in our company, more than anyone else uh, in terms of the responsibilities, in terms of the work, in terms of impact. 
because we are product right so nothing else we are just about like you mentioned we are a software company whatever we ship that is the only thing that we are used for appreciated for so that was the only case it took us a lot of time to find the right person uh, a lot of people uh, were very good but they did not want to join us because we were very small uh, uh, at that point of time they did not like the idea also some of them were not able to kind of envision the idea obviously uh, uh, you cannot uh, everyone has their own thought process everyone has their own uh, concerns and uh, and we are not even successful right now it might be that they might come true after say one year and mm-hmm. they they would be the person they will say that okay i i said so some anything can happen that way so so a lot of people did not like the idea but then uh, after a lot of time we were able to find uh, our product manager fantastic uh wow ankit a fascinating story but uh, before we end this podcast i have to ask you this question um warren buffett usually speaks about how he invests and how one of the ways he invests is he makes sure that the company has a significant moat uh and uh you know when it comes to top mate uh are you very very confident about the moat and uh what are your future plans and uh, uh does the rapid growth of uh, ai and you know i mean world is changing very fast right uh, does that ever affect you uh, you know does it scare you uh, how do you go about your day to day life yeah so i think uh, uh... to start with in terms of moat we are very very confident the product that we have been able to create and we have a very very uh, very good retention actually and the reason some of the reasons is that people have built their social profile there now all the testimonials feedbacks all the people that they have spoken with all the uh, information about how much earnings that they have all of that is in the system uh, for them and they would want to keep building on that and that is what happens right so you cannot start from scratch from somewhere and then so you will start building from uh, somewhere and that that just compounds from here so it's a good opportunity and that's why we have a very very good retention so in terms of moat we are very clear the kind of product that we are building and everything in terms of day to day activities i think and and now that a lot of different technologies are coming so i personally feel that they are enablers uh, we and we should not even think about them as a competition they are actually technologies that will enable some kind of an innovation you need to embrace that uh, you need to quickly embrace that you need to quickly start working on it uh, uh, see how we can use that new technology in our uh, solving the same problem because the let problem them do the heavy lifting kind of yeah yeah so you you don't need to if your thought process is sound if you have a very confidence on your the problem statement that you're trying to solve uh, that okay i'm trying to solve this problem statement and i know that this is the way to solve this problem statement i might need to use some other technology but the right way would be this and then you can start incorporating these new technologies different technologies so this is what we are doing we are uh, uh, creating a lot of uh, uh, products using ai also in the system and they are very innovative they you won't find them anywhere uh, uh, across the world and the way we are doing it because we know what kind of problem we want to solve what kind of things that we have uh, uh, as a as an engine to kind of uh, train that to use that so this is something that we are doing uh, uh, and you will soon see some of these things uh, in terms of planning in terms of expansion and then obviously keep expanding in international geographies is something from the business side so we are expanding to north american uh, region right now we have uh, we have started getting presence in us uh, uh, canada now we want to kind of elevate that ex- uh, uh, accelerate that and this is something that majorly we are working from in terms of the business side fantastic i mean ankit what a fascinating story uh, you know small town boy jaipur uh, 
IIT Bombay, Slumberjay, Iraq, Saudi Arabia. I mean, you have seen it all, and I think I think this is quite the story of resilience uh, and and the hope and the true passion of wanting to build something new. I have personally used uh, TopMate, and I have to say that it's a fantastic product. Uh, Thank you. You know, it was a very seamless experience. Uh, I was not the one who was giving expert advice, but you know, uh, someone else was. Uh, but but I have to say that it's it's a it's a seamless product. I mean, um, the the reminders, the way it integrates, uh, the the integration with WhatsApp, the way you guys have been able to uh, leverage the power of LinkedIn, uh, fantastic. And I I, I really hope. Uh, you know, it just grows leaps and bounds. And to your uh, point of um, uh, TopMate being in the US, I think it's it's quite evident that TopMate is growing significantly in the US. I mean, I can definitely see it uh, through my LinkedIn connections. Uh, so fantastic. Uh, you and Dinesh, you have built a fantastic product. And I mean, I love the fact that you are very confident about the moat. Uh, and uh, way to go, way to go. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So thank you so much, Ankit, for joining the podcast. Uh, we'll talk more and hopefully collaborate more. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here and thanks a lot for inviting me.